0: What is up, night fans? Welcome to the Black and Gold Bannerette Podcast, a special post-AutoNation Cure Bowl edition. My name is Jeff Sharon,
1: along with Eric Lopez. Eric, I know
0: I sound really happy. We are not.
1: I was going to say, that's not really the way I feel. It's a real special, all right, a special... Uh not anything but special please. it
0: was it was not special in more ways than one, but uh, nonetheless uh here we are post game this is our special edition we'll have some post game for you remember you can follow us at UCF underscore banneret on twitter we're also on Facebook you can uh subscribe to this podcast on iTunes Google Play Soundcloud, and recently Eric tune in we're oh. up on tune in radio now so so that's good there if you de- if you get your podcast through tune in we're on there and um you know, here we are. Post game at uh uh after UCF first game in the well what was you what used to be the Citrus Bowl, Camping World Stadium now. First game in uh a long time. It's been uh it's been some what Eric about 10, so years. In ten years almost to the day right. actually right yes yeah, so since unfor- unfortunately this game felt like
1: ten years <laughs> right
0: but they lose uh, in rather stark fashion to the uh, Arkansas State Red Wolves the co sunbelt Conference champions thirty one to thirteen the final for Arkansas State uh, they jumped out quickly seventeen to nothing in back of a couple of special teams miscues UCF really shot themselves in the foot uh, several times in this game. And, uh, Eric, it, it was just a, a rough go of it from the very beginning for the Knights.
1: It really was. Uh, Scott Frost said it best in the post game. we just uh, came out of. You know, they shot themselves in the foot. You had a block punt for a touchdown given up right off the bat. You just you had a penalty on the first play of the game where you had two players on special teams with the same number because the original player had his helmet broken, so you had to make a substitution. So it was just a... A, a weird night from that standpoint. Give credit to Arkansas State. They were the better football team tonight. Uh, look, we could talk about all what, what happened. It starts with this. The offensive line, Jeff, I feel like we've been saying this for three seasons, has had issues, and I think it's caught up with them this season. They couldn't run the ball at all in Arkansas State. 30 carries for 12 yards combined. Hamilton, 14 yards on 10 carries. And, and it's just you know, I know people are down on Mackenzie Milton, but as you saw even with Justin Holman, quarterbacks didn't have a lot of time to throw, and I think it flushes them and forces them to make errant throws. It, it starts at the line of scrimmage. Arkansas State was better and faster to the ball, and you know, Arkansas State was aggressive, and they wanted this game. And we said this in the previous pod. If you would have heard of the last podcast when we previewed this game, we told you this was a big game for Arkansas State, yep. and UCF had to match that, and they didn't.
0: You know and I was really impressed with what uh, with what Arkansas State was able to do. They got some big plays. They had a 63 yard or excuse me a 67 yard pass that set up their uh second touchdown to go up 17 to nothing. Uh, UCF came back and got within seven uh, before halftime, thanks to a touchdown pass from Milton to Taylor Oldham. And then a field goal by Matthew Wright um, it came off of a turnover. That got, you know they were in seventeen ten at the half, and I was thinking, you know, as badly as UCF played in the first half, couldn't run the ball, could barely get anything going on offense. One hundred forty eight yards passing. Mackenzie Milton actually attempted thirty one passes in the first half. Um, we were thinking, wow, for them only to, to only be down seven at the break is a real is a real well break for UCF but uh then right off the bat uh first possession of the second half Justice Hanson, the quarterback for Arkansas State, uh, found uh, his receiver, the guy who was the MVP of the game, Sanders, uh, on a 75-yard touchdown pass. Uh, he finishes with five catches, 127 yards, and three touchdowns. And that put Arkansas State up 24-10, and you could, you kind of felt like the air got let out of the balloon a little bit. Here's a key statistic, I thought, from the UCF defense for the game. Uh, the Knights gave up 234 total yards. 29 rushing, 205 passing. But they gave up two long plays. One was the 75-yard touchdown to Kendall Sanders, who again was the MVP of the game. And then a 67-yard catch to uh, Blake Mack, from both of which from Justice Hansen. So that's 142 yards on two plays. You take away the 142 yards, and the defense gave up a grand total of 92 for the game. But You still gave up those two big plays. They led to 10 points. You take away the 10 points, and UCF is down 21 13. They would have still had a chance all the way for the rest of the game. So, you know, you're going to say, well, how do we evaluate the defense? Did they play well or did they play poorly? I thought they played extremely well and made two mistakes uh, for UCF. And, you know, from there, Milton. Tried to get the Knights back into the game, but they just could not get anything going on offense. Justin Holman eventually did come in, and uh, there was a little uncomfortable moment, I thought, in the game when you know the fans were— Holman came in for one play because I think Milton lost a shoe or something. He had to had to come out of the game for one play. Uh, Holman almost threw a touchdown pass in that play. Then he left. When he went in, the fans, the UCF fans were cheering. When he came back out after that one play, the fans started booing again. Right. He did come in later on in the game, and Holman was not very good. He was 4 of 9 for 36 yards, was sacked twice almost during an interception that got called back on a replay. Milton for the game, 22 at 39, 175, a touchdown. He was sacked four times. And, folks, it's not the quarterbacks. It's the offensive line. The offensive line was uh, was not very good tonight. Couldn't run the ball. UCF with uh, 12 net rushing yards on 30 attempts and uh, gave up six sacks. It was just a, a rough
1: night overall, like you said, for that offensive line. First of all, the fans they were booing Mackenzie Milton, shame on you. You're a disgrace. You're a disgrace. Look yourself in the mirror. And, and and you might want to rethink some things. You're, uh, did Mackenzie Melton not make some plays as he's had his struggles? Sure. But he's a true freshman, and he wasn't the only problem. It was a team problem, starting with the offensive line. And I think you saw that with Justin Holman. He had his issues well. This was just a whole breakdown. But shame on you. That was very disappointing to me, Jeff. Uh, I don't like that. You know, we're both friends with Kyle Israel, who played quarterback. He had to deal with that when he was a quarterback. And it's just... Remember, these are student athletes, and uh, I, I just—I was very undis so That was the most. Danny uh, is a true freshman. He was going to his uh, homecoming dance. It's very disappointing. A year ago, right? And it's just—it's just very disappointing. I—I I don't like that. I understand the frustration and everything, but give me a break. I mean, get out, get over yourselves, all right? His last year, he went zero and twelve. He went six and six. It's not the end of the world. Uh, so that, I just want to get that off my chest because that—that really was very sour, in my opinion. Um, but look, at the bottom line is. This offense has got a lot of work to do. Scott Frost said that after the game. And they got to get some offensive linemen to fit the system and get better. And look, for anybody that act surprised that the offensive line has got issues, I feel like, Jeff, we've been talking about this since 2014. It's been a decline in the offensive line. We've talked about this since the McCray brothers graduated. And it was really bad last year. I think they they overachieved early in the year, but then they had a couple of injuries and they didn't have a lot of depth in the offensive line. So they got to get recruits in. It's just year one. And uh, that's just the bottom line. And then you had special teams breakdown tonight, and defensively, gave up a couple of big plays. It wasn't like they were bad. It's just they they crack, give up a couple of big plays. Anything that could yeah. go wrong went wrong, and Arkansas State made them pay. I
0: thought that uh, the game that we saw today was, you know, when you think before the game, you're like, what's the best-case scenario? What's the worst-case scenario? Go on. Go on. The way the game played out for this get, the, tonight, I thought, was the worst-case scenario yeah. for UCF. Here's Scott Frost after the game talking about some of the exact issues that you mentioned, uh, particular with uh, the quarterbacks and the offensive line.
2: Well, Justin deserves to play, and... Mackenzie deserves to play. They're both good players. They both look great in practice. Uh, Mackenzie's outplayed him in practice a little bit, and that's why we've stayed with him. Uh, listen, I, you know, I'll never criticize one of our position groups publicly, but it, it's tough right now to play quarterback. We have a couple guys hurt on the O-line. We're young on the O-line. Uh, when Mackenzie's in there, he's running for his life. We got to get a lot better. As a as a team, run blocking, uh, up front end on the perimeter, and we got to get a lot better. Uh, given our quarterback time to set his feet. And throw well,
0: Scott was right. You know, what did you think in the post game? I, mean, I thought, you know, he 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 took a lot of the blame on himself uh, for how things kind of went. I felt like, and he was uh, he was honest in his assessment. Uh, I thought. I mean, I mean, he said all the right things. Scott did, but I, I but I thought he was right. You know, the way that the way that things worked out. Yeah, we shot ourselves in the foot in that game. Uh, can't cry over spilled milk. They didn't get the job done, uh, and now they got a lot of a lot of film to go back and look at as they had uh, as now we head towards
1: spring ball. I think he also pretty much made it clear they got a lot of work to do. Got to get some you know, recruiting, get some yep. upgrading talent in, in positions like offensive line, and uh, he knows that some of the players on the roster are going to have to get better. And I don't, I I think that you know. And keep in mind, I mean, now they're going to have another year, build a new class coming up. And then the guys that are coming back, you get another year under the system. So, you know, it it is what it is, guys. I know it's disappointing right now. I know the short term, it it stings a little bit, and and you're humbled. You lost Arkansas State. But that happens in bowl games, and – I think this team just was on empty gas, Jeff. Let's be honest. This team wasn't empty. And I think people, we just assume, well, maybe a couple weeks off and this team can recharge. But uh, football bodies don't just recharge. And I think you you saw a part of that tonight.
0: Well, he said, you know, we were beat up heading into this game. You know, he he said no excuses, but it's true. And he also said... uh um, you know, after this game, that you know that that yeah, that, that they were, you know, like I said, quite beat up. In fact, here's uh, that bite from Scott Frost right here.
2: Well, I think when either team's defense was on the field, it was the superior unit on the field. Um, we kind of knew that going in. Uh, we're, we're never making excuses. We're beat up, uh, and especially up front on the offensive line. I don't think that was a unit where we started with a ton of depth, and we're playing some young guys, uh, but. If we carried the ball, I didn't know this, 30 times for 12 yards, uh, we got to be better than that. Um, We have some guys nicked up, but we'll never use that as an excuse. we we got to keep working to get better.
0: You know, I I know that he doesn't want to make excuses. You know, no coach
1: does, but those aren't excuses. Those are reasons. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that's fair, and um, people may not want to hear, but it's facts, and that's... It's a flawed football team. I mean, this team went 0-12 last year. So it wasn't like magically this team was going to be this, you know, you were going to hide every flaw that you had from last year. There right. were some things that improved, some things didn't. So um, it caught up with them. And, again, you ran into a hungry football team in Arkansas State. Blake Anderson, let's give credit to him. What a coaching job. There was a reason why he was rumored for the Baylor job. And don't be surprised. You know we, we You know, we were here tonight. At this Citrus Bowl now known as uh, you know Campy World Stadium. And you know, I'll never forget my first UCF football game I ever attended was in nineteen ninety eight when UCF took on a Youngstown State football team coached by Jim Tressel. Yeah. He ended up doing pretty well for himself, right? I would not be surprised if five, ten years from now, we look back at this game and Jeff and we say, Wow, man, I remember remember that Blake Anderson was coaching at Arkansas State, while he's having success, probably in a Power Five job, this guy will have a—he will be the next coach in line in Arkansas State, along with Hugh Freeze and and as well as uh, Gus Malzone and and Hartson at Boise State. He's going to end up at a big job. He, this won't be his last job. He's going to end up at a big job. That—that that was a well-coached football team at Arkansas State. That was hungry. They were excited to play in this bowl game, and they wanted some. Uh, they were ready for UCF, and give him credit—they earned it. They deserved the win. Going back to what you were saying about um,
0: how you felt like this team was out of gas, Uh, Scott Frost did mention post game. You know, and and, you know, I think Frost right now is you know he looks at across the sideline. He's like, "That's where you know Blake Anderson, the position that Blake Anderson is in, that's where I want to be." Really building this team, and uh, and I think you're right that this team uh, was you know they gave everything they had. Looking at the season as a whole, the group that. That this particular group, they really did give. I thought everything that they possibly had. There was there wasn't an ounce of anything left in the tank at the end of this season, and I actually think that that is a credit to Scott Frost. Uh, one of the things that I kept hearing in the lead up to this bowl game is a lot of the guys, particularly the senior class, um, they learned to love football again. And uh, you know the guys that you know, and for those seniors, you know it's disappointing to go out. Um, you know, with a loss in your final game, as UCF does finish below five hundred at six and seven. But you touched upon this last year. UCF was 0 twelve. They come back six and seven. Lose your bowl game. I get it. All right, I get it. No excuses on that. But and you lose your last three. That was also pretty disappointing. Because at one point you are six and four. But these players. I thought, gave this coaching staff and you know everything that they had. And most importantly, I think the coaching staff extracted as much as they could from those players in particular. And, and you're right. I think they just ran out of gas. This is where the recruiting thing is going to happen. As we make the transition in personnel from a team that was focused the way George O'Leary wanted to focus it, right? Yeah. Running the ball forty times a game, play action passing, the big uglies up front to a team that's much more of the Scott Frost, Oregon, uh, 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 Chip Kelly style offense. It's a totally different philosophy of playing football. And it requires a totally different way of thinking about your personnel, particularly on the offensive line. That takes time. That takes that takes not just one recruiting class, recruiting classes to get that right. Um, but you know, uh, but I, I think that. When we look back on this season for UCF, we're going to think, wow, that was actually a pretty impressive turnaround when you think about it, um, that we were able to win six games coming up. Don't you think that?
1: It's a start. I mean, Nick Saban, I know it's a, hear me out on this. Nick Saban's first year at Alabama, you know what he went? I don't remember, but... Seven and six, played in an Independence Bowl. His second year, he went to the Sugar Bowl. You know what happened to them in the Sugar Bowl? They lost, they lost to, that game, right? To Utah, who That's was in right. the Mountain West at the time. Did that not only the, that, they looked bad in that game got too. Blown they got blown out, embarrassed. They were humiliated. They got beaten. They weren't ready to play that game. How's things turned out for him after that? Pretty well, <laughs> yeah, right? Not bad. So the reason I bring that up, things like this are gonna happen in bowl games. And and let's be honest, okay? Let's be honest. I wouldn't let's I'm sure. The fans didn't dis- didn't respect Arkansas State, right? Would you say that's fair? I would say that's fair. I
0: think it's easy to look at a team like Arkansas State <laughs> in the Sun Belt, sure. 7 and 5 coming in and say, "Ah, we should
1: clobber them." And I f- be honest with you, I think there was probably some of the players too that felt that way. You know, and it's human remember, you keep in mind, we're dealing with kids that are 18 to 22 years old. They mm-hmm. they're not mature. And and some of these kids played in the Fiesta Bowl. And now yeah. they're looking at it like Arkansas stay. Come on. I mean, whatever. We're coasting. Yeah, we, beat, we beat Baylor. What are and, you talking and, about? And, and, I, and that happens. And that happens in bowl games. That's why you see a lot of this uh, results. Just like, by the way, when UCF played Baylor, didn't UCF play with a chip on their shoulder? Yeah. They were disrespected. They were a 17-point underdog. They don't belong on the field with Baylor. It's all about emotion and motivation, and and it's not you can't just fake generate that. Funny
0: and, that you mentioned that game because I remember that what was one of the big plots from that game in the Fiesta Bowl was the number of penalties that Baylor committed. Yeah, yeah. They were undisciplined, and I think that's a function of not yeah. being ready to play. All of a sudden, you get punched in the mouth, you get frustrated. UCF. These two teams committed, combined, 26 penalties. Arkansas State actually committed more, 15 for 140 yards. But UCF was not all that disciplined themselves, 11 for 82. Seven of them were in the second quarter alone. So that tells you a lot about how I think yeah. both of these teams came, uh, came through. These weren't penalties of overaggression. These were uh, mental mistakes right. from not focusing.
1: There's lack like of focus. Uh You know, and things like that, and that happens sometimes. So I think it's a learning experience for the players, for the fans, for the coaches. You know, sometimes you got to go through a game like this, and I think they'll be better off for this down the road next year and so forth. Yeah. When they come back in a bowl game, they will be ready to go in the next bowl game. That happens. It happens to every program, and I I, I wouldn't overreact. The, 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 the sky's not falling, the ceiling, the program's not in disarray. It's just one of those things that happens in a bowl game, and, uh, you know, sometimes it happens. And, uh, look, this team's got work to do. Uh, the players that got to come back got to get better uh, Mackenzie Milton's got to get better he's got to bulk up he's got to get some weight there's some mechanics he's got to work on but yep. honestly I think if the coaches had it their way he probably would not have been on the field this year Jeff and he was probably forced in there once Holman got injured. And I think once Holman was done and then once you played Milton, well, if you're not going to redshirt him, you might as well get him as many reps. And you hope that McKenzie Melton gets better for this down the road. I think he'll face some competition from quarterbacks that are going to come into this next season. And I think that's going to be a very interesting spring for Coach Frost as he gets new players coming in, and I think there'll be more competition.
0: One thing I wanted to touch upon too, uh, you know, the senior class. Boy, have they been through a lot, huh? Some of them were around for this for the Fiesta Bowl. They've seen the highest of highs yep. and the lowest of lows. Some of them, you know, some of those fifth year seniors have seen uh, two conference championships in zero and twelve season, and then this year, right? Right. And um, and uh, the uh, the one senior that was at the press conference tonight was Mike Rucker, and um, class kid, and he was up there actually. He looked like he was take. He wasn't taking the loss much harder than Scott Frost was, but um, you know, because he was. Uh, he actually, I thought this was the most interesting thing that he said. You know, here, here he is talking about how, you know, they really feel like you know they, that they could go that they could have gone out there again, like the next week. It's just a shame that all of a sudden you re- you look up and you realize, hey, this is it.
2: For me, um, it's like a, a roller coaster. You know, I'm I'm sad. I'm losing. I'm I'm going away. You know, not playing anymore. But right now, my body feels good. Actually, you know, uh, Coach Coach Frost in practice this week, he, he helped us the starters. He let us uh, chill out a little bit and get our bodies right. And I feel I feel like I can play another game. But uh, I think my teammates can play another game as well too. So we we feeling kind of good though.
0: So I want to congratulate uh, Mike and all the other seniors who, like we said they you know they've been through some some real ups and some real downs in uh, their four or five years here at UCF um, which we, wish they could have gone out with a, with a on a winning note, but unfortunately don't but we're gonna look back in this and say this is the sort of the foundation year maybe for this new era with Scott Frost and those guys made some contributions I think
1: I think that's the hope that's the the goal moving forward absolutely you got to start somewhere. And players bought in they bought into the system, and uh, that's what I think is is the most uh, is yeah. the best indicator
0: of how good of a job the coaching staff did in this year is look at how quickly and how completely the players bought in no none of those seniors mailed it in, and they could have you know they could have said i'm not you know I'm not this guy's guy, I'm just gonna you know do the minimum basic amount and and they certainly did not um Justin Holman, in particular, I thought you know the way he handled being the starter initially, then being benched in favor of a true freshman, who Scott Frost actually did say um, beat him out in practice. Bottom line, um, and uh, and you know it's it it didn't you know it didn't work out. I'm sure the way Justin Holman would have liked, but right. but. Um, you know, he gets to go. I mean, I actually wouldn't be surprised to see an NFL team probably take a flyer on him because he'd make a pretty good NFL-style passer uh, if a good quarterback coach can get a hold of him for two or three years and really work on him. So, um, so again, congratulations to all those seniors out there. We're gonna miss them. Um, and now it's uh, and now it's off to s- recruiting,
1: national signing day, or yeah. early February, spring ball. Right after that, it's like it, it never stops, does it? No, and, and honestly, those are more important things than this bowl game. I mean, I'm sorry to say that, but that's just the way it is. I mean, you got to build turns next year. Try to get better, get to a better bowl game. Try to win to compete for the conference title, and I think that's what this coaching staff's thinking. And I think they've been thinking about that since really recruiting period. So that's going to be the next step here, guys. And Jeff is going to be the next couple of months addressing some of the needs on the roster and uh you know try to get better next year that's all i mean really that that was going to happen regardless of tonight's result even if you would have won tonight there were still issues you had to address so uh you know it's disappointing from that standpoint uh you know i know you were disappointed with the attendance right 27,
0: 27 i, I 27000 you know, I, I, right. I mean i i i i i get it you know it, the, one of the things that we talk about with UCF was in terms of attendance um you know this game was in your backyard for the UCF fan base. And, uh, and and they didn't show up in the numbers that, that I think uh, a lot of the folks who were at the bowl game and and certainly the UCF contingent were hoping. Um, credit to the diehards who stuck around uh, toward the very end, and there were quite a few of them in the stands. But uh, this was, you know, I think we as a fan base have got to do better in terms of attendance. And, and I get that, you know, there were the, the folks who put on this game, you know, Alan Gooch, UCF guy, um, it's hard to put on a bowl game, and I get that there's, you know, there, that they you know, in some cases they even may still be working out some kinks. But um, it was for a good cause. They actually, uh, they actually raised, I think, what was it, one point one five million dollars for cancer research at this game, which is great. That's right, that's the best. And one. I wish more bowls actually did uh, that as a as a as a primary focus, right? De- de- delivering, you know, raising funds for charity, um, but. You know, my my hope is that it. You know, if UCF does eventually go back to this bowl game in its backyard at some point, and it's, you know, as long as the Cure Bowl happens, it's entirely likely that that's going to happen at some point in the future. That we show up a lot better. This was the week before Christmas at in Orlando. We had a chance to really show up, and I I, I don't think that we did as good of a job uh, as a fan base as we as we could have. Now, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know what happened, but. But I was expecting it, you know, to be at least over thirty thousand. So, well, as we wrap up here, uh, you know, as we finish up, look ahead to the schedule for next year, Eric. You know, you got some tough ones on the slate. You got some good conference opponents coming home to UCF. I should say, UC- USF is coming here, for example. Uh, East Carolina is coming here. I know. I know for example as well. Uh, your non-conference games include uh, your openers against FIU. Well, Butch Davis Well, led. Butch, Davis, Butch yeah. Davis will be here. We talked about that in our most recent show, FIU, uh, led by Butch Davis. Uh, you're also going to get Georgia Tech at Maryland. You're going to be, um, you're
1: going to, Maine is actually an FCS opponent coming to town. Georgia Tech, by the way, September 16th. So you open with FIU September 2nd. You have a bye week as of now in between the Georgia Tech and FIU game. You go to Maryland September 23rd. You host the Maine Black Bears on September the 30th. Conference games to be determined. Home games: UConn, East Carolina, Memphis, and South Florida. You would assume South Florida is probably going to be Thanksgiving weekend if they're mm-hmm. going to continue what they've been doing. Road games at Cincinnati with Coach Fickle, at Navy, Annapolis, at SMU, and at Temple with uh, Jeff Collins. So not that's an easy three. Schedule. That's three at
0: three out of those four are going to be tough.
1: Yeah, no, not a, not an easy schedule. A lot of home games, but not an easy schedule. Some yeah. very good football teams there. Memphis is a good football team. Uh, at home USF at home is going to be good UConn, East Carolina we'll see how they improve and uh, Cincinnati have a new coach Navy obviously the defending uh, Western champions Temple the defending the Navy, conference Navy Navy's champion.
0: never easy to play anywhere let alone in, uh, in Annapolis how about
1: the fact they're going to be playing two triple option teams in the schedule uh, with Georgia Tech and Navy what the, how about that? Well, huh?
0: good thing you got Georgia Tech before Navy because, hey, you know, you, you see it non-conference. Yeah. So If you're going to win for, if you're going to go for the conference <clears> championship, <throat> it's good having that film already in there, and you can actually see, you know, and be better prepared for Navy. At least that's the hope, I think.
1: Yeah, you know, and it's going to be a young defense too. They lose a lot of the players from this year's defense, so it's going to be interesting. I think seven out of eleven starters. Is that right? Yeah. So it's going to be a young defense. It's going to be how. They, you know, Coach Shenander and, and that young defense. Who's the leaders next year on that defensive side of the ball is going to be the question. I know you you feel that the offense has to step up and help the defense out more yeah. next year because the defense could be a little young, and that'll be an interesting question with the quarterback position with Milton and the kids that are coming in. Uh, you, you know, you do get the receivers back. You're hoping to upgrade at the offensive line. You got some talented backs with Hamilton and Killings uh, to to hopefully get better. And more importantly, is the fact
0: that you know you're. How much of your time was spent this year just learning that new system from scratch. Right. Next year, the new kids come in, they already know the sets, they already know the personnel groupings, they already know sure. the systems. Now you can work on fine-tuning what you have. That, I think, is actually going to be the key. And that's why I think, again, that the coaching staff really did, I thought, quite a remarkable job this year, getting done what they did.
1: And I think the coaching staff will learn some things, too. They're going yeah, to tweak true. some things. There are some things maybe they're going to do differently next year that maybe it didn't, they didn't they work to like they thought it would this year. Learning for everybody. And I think that's, what the, that's the thing that I think everybody needs To take away, calm down, Larry. Take a deep breath.
0: And these people who are out out there on the message board saying that's didn't I see a thread that said "Fire Scott Frost"? Oh, there's a lot of yeah. You are a lunatic if that's what you think. Really, seriously. Now I know some people are just trolls and they're just doing that to get a rise out of people. But
1: but if you actually think that, you need to evaluate your life choices. Just take a deep breath. Deep breath. I mean, we're a beautiful night here. It was a beautiful stadium tonight didn't work out but uh, it's not the end of the world better days are ahead uh so i i, I that's the big takeaway and now let's see what happens let's give this coaching staff and let them get their work on the, the recruiting and uh, try to build for the 2017 season that's all you can do yeah. and that's what the, the goal is now for the next few months and our goal for the next few weeks actually is
0: going to be to uh, rest up and enjoy the holidays wow. and take a break so uh, this will be our actually our last show for the 20 uh, for well we're going to take a break for Christmas week, Eric. Oh, yeah. Then we're going to come back. Uh, I think right before New Year's because we got you know some basketball we have to get to. We're going to spend Conference a lot of time on that. Conference starts on New Year's Conference Eve. Conference starts New Year's Eve. That's right. That's yeah. going to be big. We got UConn coming to town for yeah. women's basketball. That's going to be big. I'm going to be there. And yep. and uh, when the spring happens, we got a lot to do. You know, I don't like covering recruiting, but you know we'll keep an eye on it when National Signing Day comes around. <laughs> Uh, we'll I don't probably, like you. I know I, I really don't. I mean, you guys know that. And I think it's—I think national signing day is the most overrated thing in the world. But, wow. um, But you know, we'll bring on somebody who'll you know kind of tell me all the uh, things that I don't know, and, and and you know from all that perspective. And uh, and like I said, what we'll, you know, we'll have our spring sports coming up. Obviously, basketball, softball, and baseball yep. coming up. Golf, tennis. They're Ooh. opening up the new facility. Yep. It's going to yep. be a busy, uh, busy spring for here for us here on the Black and Gold Banner at podcast and. Um, and, you know, we started this in August, yeah. and it's been going great. We want to thank all the fans for um, for their uh, response. I know that, you know, we don't always dis- agree, you know, you and I, and certainly us, and the fans don't always agree. I'm sure many of us are going to disagree with what we said tonight. But um, we do appreciate you guys at least listening, giving us a shot, and and uh, support. Um, you know, throughout the time, you know. So the the one thing we owe you guys is honesty about how we feel, and we've done, and we certainly believe that we've done that. And we hope you continue and have a great uh, holiday. And we have a bunch of people that we want to thank too before we head to uh, before we head to our little holiday break here, don't we?
1: Yeah. First of all, I mean, cool to be out here for the Cure Bowl coverage. Uh, that's something we'll do in 2017 as well. From from time to time, do a podcast from location, uh, from events for the big some of the bigger UCF events. Mm-hmm. Uh, but thanks to the Cure Bowl uh, for uh, hospitality, Alan, Alan Gooch yeah. and
0: all of his crew did a great job. And you know, hopefully, hopefully this bowl continues to. I, I hope move up the food chain bowls because uh, you know I think they have a good thing going and it's for a great cause. And and uh, you know, we've known those people for a long time since we came to UCF. So. Um, so we hope that we wish them nothing but the most success uh, going forward with the game. Also, want to thank the uh, media relations staff at UCF, by the way, who were double, who were pulling double duty. They're the ones who actually some ran. Some of them were, yeah, some uh, some of them were running uh, the media relations for the Cure Bowl in addition to their regular UCF duties. Nate Blythe was in charge of things. Nate, awesome job! Fantastic work by you and the crew. Uh, Bridget Gale, who uh, who helped me out always with volleyball throughout the season. Thank you to Bridget. Thanks again to Andy Seeley, who's the best in the business. A um, lot of folks that are, you know and and have been so kind to us, and we want to thank them for their uh, for their incredible kindness and compliment them on uh, once again a job well done. They're the best in the business, and uh, there's and there's a darn good reason why. Eric DeSalvo on social media, who's mm-hmm. just a a wizard and a guru and all that kind of stuff he's amazing even if he uses too many emojis and uh, <laughs> I had to get that one wow. in Eric I'm sorry man. but uh, but yeah thanks to all those folks who've been so helpful to us uh, throughout this calendar year And 2017 is going to be a great year too for uh, for UCF as things continue you know UCF under the Danny White regime man lots
1: of stuff going on that's the beauty of it it's never stops it's a lot of interesting storylines going into 2017 New tennis coach, John Roddick. New building and of course, the... uh yeah, down by the, Lake Nona. The USTA Center. New men's soccer coach just got hired. You're going to have the Greg Lovelady, the era beginning of it baseball. Uh, UCF softball, young team this year with an incredible tough schedule. Of course, we got Johnny Dawkins and Coach Abe in their first seasons in basketball. Uh, so, there's a lot to cover coming up over the next few months and the rest of the calendar, you know, 2017. So, it's going to be fun to cover that. And uh, we hope to give you some different angles uh, to do that. So, it's always been a pleasure. And, and certainly, thanks to all the guests that have come uh so far in this first uh false year it's been a success and uh, hope to get more guests down the road as well
0: yeah we hope that you guys continue to listen as well folk you in the ucf land out there we thank you again for your support and uh, don't forget to follow us throughout the break at ucf underscore banner on twitter also black and gold banner on facebook follow us send us a comment ask us a question we'd love to get more interaction with you and uh and you know hey because we, we're pretty we love to interact with the fans and Uh, We've done so, you know, before on a bunch of platforms, including the message board um, as well on UCFsports.com. And thanks to Brandon Helwig for allowing us to encroach on his territory as well. Um, We also wanted to thank uh, or tell you that you can follow us. You can uh, can download and subscribe to the podcast uh, via SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, and just recently TuneIn. Uh, as well and uh, Eric I want to thank you for a great first few months of this podcast it's
1: been a roaring success so far and here's to a great 2017. It's fun Jeff always uh, yelling at you is always fun so <laughs> it's a good uh, stress relief uh, it's, but it's always a pleasure and I think the main goal for everybody is that we're talking UCF athletics and UCF sports and there's passion and there's enthusiasm for all UCF athletics and I think that's that's always great to keep the conversation going and, and give a platform for that for the fans and uh Unfiltered, and so that's yeah. fun, and that's the important thing. And just to keep you support uh, the, the fans through good, through, through good and bad, just support the programs.
0: And it's because we love UCF, and that's the most right. important thing. So, as we wrap up here from the 2016 Auto Nation Cura Bowl, once again, fans, we thank you so much for listening.
1: For Eric Lopez, by the way, on Twitter at Eric Lopez Elo, check me out, Tuck and O'Neill, weekdays on Florida Sports Talk 1080. The team we're now on in Gainesville and Ocala as well. We're moving on up. I'm filling in for Mike Tuck this week and and then uh, Jerry O'Neill the following week. I'm going to be on the next two weeks. (coughs) Yeah, so it's going to be pleasure. Uh, Plenty of me, which is always good. And you can also follow me on Twitter
0: at Jeff underscore Sharon. We always appreciate it. We'd love to holler back at you whenever you can. So for Eric Lopez, I am Jeff Sharon. Thank you so much for listening. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy New Year. Happy Holidays. This has been the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. We'll catch you again in a couple weeks.